fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are only talking about flights. Only talking about flights. Only talking about flights. So we are doing a beer episode. So similar to the episode that Dalton brought to us a couple of weeks, months. I don't know. Time means nothing to me anymore. (laughs) It was a very long time ago. I think that's episode like 10 or 12 or something. It's the whiskey (laughs) episode. And this will be episode like 32. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah. But yeah, so we're doing a beer episode today. We're going to be kind of walking through uh, multiple different beers, talking about how beer is made, what you're going to look like, what you're going to look for when you're tasting it, yep. some different beer terminology, and Dalton and I are going to get hammered. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think we're doing a tasting. We're not actually drinking all of this beer, yeah. unless you want to. I mean, you you do you, man. I know. We may finish them after the episode, yeah. but you're right. If we, if we actually tried to consume them during, we would like, okay record for five minutes and then we're going to sit yep. here for five minutes and you would just get these skips in like drunkenness <laughs> and like yeah go off mic and finish the beer and then come back it would get rough yeah. real quick and i probably would not actually edit out those breaks it'd just be right. like five minutes of silence and then, like, <laughs> we're coming back you're the door closed yeah <laughs> pop the can <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. So For what's sure. on your flight tonight? I, I have right now an empty glass <laughs> oh, well, that's waiting to be filled. It's also kind of a special episode because this is one of our last episodes we're going to get to do in person for a while. I know, right? Yeah, we're actually sitting in a room full of boxes right now. Yes. <laughs> as, uh, as I am going through a move, so... Uh, I'm moving to a lot farther away from Nelson. So if you, as you, we've talked about on the podcast that we both currently live in Indiana. I'm moving to Colorado into the Boulder area. Um, so we're going to be kind of switching back after this episode to kind of what it was like last year during um, when we were recording primarily apart um, during COVID. And we've done that a couple of times since. Um, but the podcast will probably shift to being that as kind of the majority. Um, we'll find times, obviously, to visit each other and slam in an episode or two in yeah. person. But, <laughs> but yeah, that'll you'll kind of notice a shift there. Um, and that, and that's why that's happening. So yeah. it's my fault. I'm the one running away. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Dalton needs a game group and this is a t- cry for help. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you live in the uh, Boulder area, reach right. out to us right. on Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> yes. Join so, so you can play games with Dalton. Yeah, for sure. I, oh, yeah. I will be needing a new group. Here, right? That's like actually one of the scariest things about moving, right? It's like, who am I going to play games with, yeah. man? Like, <laughs> oh, no. I know. Well, we still have our monthly game nights. Every, For sure. Yeah, that'll month. tide me over. I'll yeah. organize. <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to organize some other things, like a Twilight Imperium game, and a lot of people talking about wanting to play Siphons and things. So yeah. I'm sure there will be things to tide me over oh, until absolutely. I can get, yeah. get an actual game group locked in um, or convert enough people. That'll be the long play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, if it can't find something. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the saying actually is it's easier to make friends from gamers than gamers out of your friends. So, <laughs> so just keep that in mind. <laughs> um, it's a populated enough area. Yeah, not yeah, you're gonna find someone. You're yeah. gonna find at least three people that like board games. I'm right, sure. and that's really that's really all you need. Most yeah. most <laughs> most games are four player anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. So cool. All right, let, well, let's just hop into it because yeah, we it. we got some beer. I don't want it to get too warm. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about beer. Let's talk about beer. So beer is. One of our four pillars, um, so beer, board games, books, and bourbon. So yep. we're talking about beer. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be walking through multiple different types of beer. The way that you want to taste a beer, um, we'll, we'll kind of go into this when we're talking about our first beer. But mm-hmm. if you're doing a flight of beer, typically you want to do lightest to heaviest. Okay. Because if you start out with like a stout, which is kind of like your heaviest, it's going to like sit 
mm-hmm. on you and sit, you know, in your stomach. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to kind of palate. Yeah. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be very overpowering. And so we're going to start lightest to heaviest. Okay. There are a couple of interpretations on what that actually means. <laughs> so is it lightest in color? Is it lightest in alcohol? Is it lightest in IBUs? Yeah. It, it's kind of a debate. Like people, right? People, like where does the white yeah. stout land? In the, yeah, I kept looking. I, I, I tried to look it up. I didn't get a great answer. And so what we're doing is we're doing a little bit of both, but but mainly we're looking at IBUs. So we're okay. we're increasing in IBUs with a couple of outliers. But okay. no, actually no. I'm looking. Oh yeah, one le- one outlier. But okay. that's a porter. So <laughs> it's, it's later <laughs> in the episode. But. But yeah, so let's let's start out with no matter our, yeah no matter how you judge it, the porter is going to be near the yes, end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very low IBUs though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's start out with our first one. So the first beer Excellent. that we're going to test or drink tonight is Cosmic Heffenweizen from Fountain Square Brewing Company, which is a local Indianapolis brewing oh, very cool. company. So this one is a Heffenweizen, which is a German type beer. I have uh, just right off the bat noticed that it's foamy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it has a head. Yeah. Germans have a long history with beer, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Yeah. But the Heffenweizen is a German beer. And so what you're going to get here is it's going to be light, smooth. Um, you're going to get a little bit of banana flavor with this specific one. But really what you're going to be tasting is something that's not bitter, something that's fairly low in alcohol content. This one's a 5.9, which is about the middle of the road for a craft beer Yeah, is what we're looking at. But the IBUs are around a 6. Yeah. And real quick, I know we talk about IBUs a lot on the episode. I just wanted to kind of, this is the beer episode, so let's just go ahead and define it. Yes. <laughs> um, so IBU is an abbreviation for uh, the International Bitterness Unit. And basically, it's a gauge of how bitter a beer is. Mm-hmm. How bitter a beer is. That That's a tongue twister right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what it's actually measuring is the parts per million of the isohumolone in the beer which you may know more about what that is than I do because I'm not chemistry. Yeah, I, it is a chemical. Oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is as much as I know about it. It Learned is a something. chemical. Oh, I also know that it exists in beer. Oh. It is used to measure bitterness. Yeah, there, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but isohumolone is the acid found in hops that beer give beer its bitter bite. Mm-hmm. However, not always is a higher IBU going to be a more bitter beer right um it's a good kind of rule of thumb but the malts that go into the beer also can sweeten it out and yeah. kind of counteract that so okay you'll see stouts with higher ibu counts but that's not meaning that they're bitter yeah okay um typical ranges is going to be like 5 to 120 but there it can go higher usually you're not going to see anything like over 100 okay as we're walking through these beers i'll be mentioning that okay um have you had anything in that range like i'm like the 100 <laughs> like I, I have definitely had things around like, you know, the zero to six, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the I don't know what the highest I have had is, but mm-hmm. we do have one on the flight tonight that is 90. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get there. OK, we'll get there. I'll just enjoy my little half away. <laughs> yeah. But kind of like I was saying, this is going to be a very light, easy to drink beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, it's going to be easy to drink like a big mug of this beer. Yeah, for um, sure. Have you tried like this specific one yet? I have not. No. OK. Yeah, it's. Like you had mentioned banana before and that like the banana bread definitely comes like it's easy to f- pick out. This one's also it's sort of like champagne y and yeah. it's like very like bubbly. It is very bubbly. Yeah. Is that like a common thing for the type or is that like a like just a this specific beer? I think it it is a common thing for like the Heaven Wise and just there's a German purity law which kind of like we were talking about this with in the bourbon episode where there's very strict things that can go in like a scotch, right? Right. And so 
it's the same kind of thing where it's very strict in what can go in it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, with that, you do get more of a head, which is what you would call the foam at the top. Right. Let's uh, let's talk about how you would how how to taste a beer as we're sipping on this one. It's almost it's pretty similar to tasting a whiskey. And so, you know, we talked about swirling, smelling it, tasting Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost you know, identical. So <laughs> we're not going to dwell too too long on it, but yeah. you're going to do a quick sniff and a look to kind of get like, you know, the smells, the aromas as you're, as you're tasting it. And mm-hmm. then also to get a sight of it, because if you're looking at a beer like this, which is very light, and we're going to go into SRM here in a little bit, which we mentioned on a lot of the episodes, but again, beer episode thought we'd yeah, just re- review. <laughs> review that one. So yeah, I think like one bad habit that I have from whiskey tasting is like, um, we talked in the whiskey episode about tasting with your mouth slightly open or sorry, uh, you don't want to taste with your mouth. So just <laughs> drooling it out. Yeah. Um, it looks like you're from Kentucky. I mean, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but, but smelling it with your mouth open so you don't burn your nose. And so I will do that with beer all the time and be like, I can't smell anything. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You definitely want to close your, close your mouth while you, while you sniff it. Um, and then also like, because I am moving, we didn't have access to all the best glassware. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm using a glass that is probably far too large for the tasting that I'm having. Right. The swirling helps, though. The swirling helps. The swirling, like, yeah. The release swirling some of the, like, air- aromas, you know, aromatics as I, like, actually smell it. But yeah. I kind of have to do a lot of swirling because it's such a big <laughs> glass in order to actually be able to smell it. Right. The, the other thing is, like, take a quick sniff. So I with whiskey, I like to drink or I like to, you know, breathe in a lot and okay. get a lot of it. But try and do more quick sniffs when you're when you're drinking the beer um and you're going to get a little bit more of like an impulse okay uh, smell gotcha so after that you'll swirl it just like you've been doing <laughs> I've, I've seen you do that yeah a lot of times people will hold their hand over the beer to swirl it just to right. kind of give it like a, a a nice swirl but that's gonna release some more aromas and then that's when you would go ahead and smell it again because you're gonna get more smell it's especially with this beer right right because <laughs> you have to get the aromas up there but that's why you're smelling it more when you're swirling it so just kind of like the whiskey. Yeah. Uh, there's no legs on this one, though. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> after that, you're going to take a light slip with the front of your tongue. Okay. And then um, after you taste that, you're going to take a sip down to the back of your throat without choking. That's yeah. the hardest part. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so, so the taste with the front of your tongue is just going to be kind of to get that initial taste and hold it in your mouth for a few seconds. It's going to get you kind of like the full body and then the large sip directly to the back of your throat is going to give you how the beer is going to taste when you're like drinking it. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like the artisanal, yes. <laughs> like, you know, get all the full bodies, but then like when you're actually normally drinking a beer, this is probably what it's going to taste like. Okay. Instead of like taking the tiny sips and yes, you know, <laughs> being, being that guy. So, and then, and then step five is enjoy your beer. So <laughs> step five, step five. Done. I love it. So when you're when you're tasting beer, there are a lot of different ways that you can describe taste. Yeah. Kind of going back to the IBU discussion, mm-hmm. a lot of beer is described by how bitter it tastes mm-hmm. or how sweet it tastes when you're getting into some of the darker darker mm-hmm. beers. And so as we're going through here, I'm going to try and describe how beer how the beer is going to taste to you and how it's going to be based on the range that we're in. Yeah. Um, but I was also just kind of looking it up, and I, I, I'm not necessarily going to do it for this episode, but I, I looked up how to describe the taste of hops because mm-hmm. I, like, didn't really – I couldn't think of a way to do that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. And apparently there are 14 ways to describe the taste of hops. <laughs> and so <laughs> so there's, there's citrus, sweet fruits, green fruits – Red berries, cream, caramel, woody, aromatic, 
methanol. Don't want that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> herbal, spicy, grassy hay, and vaginal. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, vegetable. Vesh- yeah. <laughs> it's definitely borderline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that that's what you're going to be tasting. So this is the Hefenweizen. Mm-hmm. What what do you think about it? What what are your thoughts on the Hefenweizen? Yeah. We've I think we've had a couple on the, maybe one or two on the show already yeah, in the I past. So. I always find that it's like you can get like a like a good like Hefeweizen or you can get like like a regular or bad one but they all to me i guess kind of blend a little bit just in like yeah. flavor profiles and some of that is what you were talking about like the the i always forget the actual term for it but the german like purity standards oh yeah. Called. yeah yeah um that like severely limit kind of like the flavor profiles that can really be achievable and so it's coming out of like what hops are they using and stuff i guess i don't i don't actually know what will help kind of create variety but i've never been able to like maybe distinguish varieties between different ones i've just been able to like taste it and be like oh i like this one yeah <laughs> um, because i know that i like the category in general if yeah. that makes sense I, I, I 100% agree with you. It's just, it's going to be a light, easy, smooth beer. And a lot of them taste this similar to me. Right. I think also kind of when you get into the higher gravity beers, so mm-hmm. which typically means higher alcohol content, there's a correlation there. It's not exactly. We talked about higher gravity in one of our episodes, uh-huh. I believe. So, we did. But once you get into those, I find that those are easier to distinguish different profiles when you're tasting. Okay. Then like the lighter, the Pilsner, this is not a Pilsner, but like the lighter mm-hmm. beers with yes. the lower IBUs. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we were talking about it being like bubbly earlier. I, it feels bubblier than like other like hefas that I've had. And yeah. so I don't know if that is just something specific with this one or not, um, but it's leaving like a champagne-like aftertaste in yeah. my mouth, you know? Yeah, okay. And so I don't know if that's actually literally coming from the bubbles or if it's just like something else. It's like... <laughs> it's psychotic. It's... Uh... Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic. <laughs> yeah, at this point, right. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm having bubbly. It must be bubbly. Yeah. It's the same color. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you picture kind of like the iconic picture from like Oktoberfest, like all those beers have really big heads on them. Yes. Like yeah. a lot of foam at the top. For sure. Um, and so so that is something that you're going to see more in a Heffenweizen than you're going to see in like a stout. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. This one didn't like hold it very well. I don't know if that's, again, probably because of the glass and the amount that I like put in it, but like it built and then it like it fizzed <laughs> out pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Ready to move on to our next one? Yeah. Let's do another. So our next one is, it's literally just called Amber. So it is, it <laughs> is an Amber Ale. Oh, it's from okay. Alaska and Brewing Company right Big here surprise. from Indianapolis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's from Alaska. Okay. So it's got, it's got a I nice- I was like, the audacity. <laughs> yeah, right. It's got a nice little boat on the, the cover. Right. So the- Yeah, it's very, it's very uh, deadliest catch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there's some crabs on that boat. Yes. <laughs> this Amber Ale- it comes in at about a 5.3% um, APV, okay. which is alcohol per volume. This one's going to be a little bit heavier in the IBUs, so a little bit more bitter. It's only an, it's still only an 18, and so it's not going to be absurdly bitter, but compared to the Hefenweizen, which is a 6, it's going to be a little bit heavier. But yeah, I, I typically think of a, a lower IBU as easier to drink, so like your, your all-day beers or something like that are going to be a little bit kind of easier to drink than something that's really bitter or really sweet or really heavy, right. which is what I would associate with a higher IBU count. Yeah. So this... Actually, um, can I interrupt your train of thought here yes, for a second? absolutely. Because I just realized, you know, I just poured my beer into my glass. Is there like any special, is there a specific way I should be doing this? Any considerations when I actually like just dump it into my, <laughs> into my glass? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And it kind of depends on the glass a little bit um so different beers are meant to be tasted in different glasses but always what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to tilt the glass and pour it down the side of the glass and that's going to make sure that 
Like I, I, if you've poured a beer before, just directly into a cup, it you know you get a really big head. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, and that's not good, and then you have to wait. Like if you're going to a, like a soda fountain and something's like way over carbonated, you right. get that as well. Same thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, tilt your glass, pour it down the side, and that's going to allow it to come into the glass without without upsetting the carbonation, so that you don't get a huge head but you will still get if you pour a full glass a, a nice head mm-hmm. that that's meant to be there so as, as you do the the sniff the swirl mm-hmm. the sniff front of the tongue back of the throat enjoy yes um which are your five steps <laughs> uh you're gonna get more of a malty taste in this red or, i'm sorry in this amber ale so ah, i know there's a red coming now. there is a red coming <laughs> <laughs> i'm a real sneaky detective like that <laughs> i will say like you're just mentioning the swirl and the um the swirl and the sniff, or the sorry, the sniff and the swirl and the sniff. Um, I am sniff, swirl, swipe. Yes. Sniff, 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 sniff. Yep, I'm doing it right. Um, steps one, two, three. Um, I like just off the bat. This has a this is this one is a lot more aromatic. Like you just pick up a lot more. Oh yeah. On you know like you just pick up a much stronger, almost like a plum kind of scent. Okay, from yeah. Than like the Heavenwise, which was yeah. which was a little bit more like bland. Water. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little more watery maybe. And and you'll also see that in. The, the first thing that you do is, is you take this quick sniff and you also mm-hmm. look at the beer. Yeah. And so this is a darker beer for than, sure. than the Heffenweizen. So, yeah. Um, it's got more of like a ruddy, almost orange type color yep. going on. And th- and that's why I called it a red because it, it almost yeah. looks like a red. Yeah, <laughs> again, it right? looks red, yeah. So this is, so is going to be more malty. And malty can be described as like a sweet or nutty sim- taste okay. uh, similar to like a toast caramel or coffee okay, or raisins. Raisins almost. is a good one for yeah. it. Yeah, marzipan or something. <laughs> yeah. And so like... The heavier malty beers, like your stouts or your porters, you're going to be getting more of that, but you're still going to be starting to get that. It's going to be more sweet than bitter at mm-hmm. this point still with the amber. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would not describe this beer as bitter. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll, I know. I'm there. trying to enjoy it while I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am excited because I like. I have, as much as I joke about the bitter beers, like there's all, you know, it's half the beer world or something like that is bitter beers, right? And so yep. it's something that I want to enjoy. I want to know how to enjoy. And so you're working me up. You're also going to help. You're going to get me drunk before I get there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or at yeah. least tipsy before I get there, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, we do have the Imperial Stout for last. So. There we go. <laughs> Finish off the night strong. Ooh, very strong. <laughs> but in the meantime. In the meantime. We have an amber ale. We're talking, about, we're talking about amber ales, which are a little bit lighter. A little lighter. So I feel like it would be a poor beer episode if we didn't at least talk about how beer is made. I feel like mm. that seems pretty critical to the whole beer deep dive. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I will mean, say we, the first time I ever saw beer made was, or t- like heard about it, was on How It's Made. Did you oh, watch really? that show okay, on Discovery? Yeah. I think there was a beer episode. I remember watching it being like, you know, 16, like, wow. <laughs> 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 that looks nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, not the end product, but the in-betweens are kind of nasty. Yeah. But. Yeah, they really are. All right, tell um, me about it. Okay, so it's actually fairly simple in the terms of like kind of the ingredients. So people mm-hmm. have gotten kind of crazy with adding crazy ingredients, but at its very basic point, it's basically barley, hops, yeast, and water mm-hmm. and time. <laughs> yeah. You let it sit in there. And it makes the alcohol and it makes it bubbly and you're good. <laughs> but basically what you're going to do is you're just going to start out with the malted barley, which is the grain. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to mix it with hot water and stir it together and creating what we would call the mash. Mm-hmm. This uh, this water can make a huge difference in the taste of the beer as well. And okay. so like you see like the Colorado Rockies, like Coors Light, you know, right. they tout that, you know, water from the Rockies. And yeah. that actually will make a difference. Yeah. The, the type of water that you use. Yeah. Um, the Especially cal- in Coors, you know, because yeah. that's most of what's in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> they, they put some hops in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the calcium and magnesium levels in the water will affect both how the yeast grows and how the sugar is metabolized oh. during the fermentation process. Very cool. The the other kind of thing about the water is the pH of the water, the acidity of the water can yeah. affect the taste. Okay. There's not like, you know, no one's going to give you that trade secret on, you know, <laughs> no one's going to say RP, it was a pH of seven, which I think is normal. Is that like yes, water? That's neutral. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure I wasn't killing our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not going to say it's a pH of seven when, when they're describing their beer, right? right? People are more concerned about the, the, the taste. Yeah. So um, historically, um, at this point, when we're talking about combining the barley and the water, Historically, what we what would happen is a multi-step temperature mash, and what this is is they would mix it at multiple different temperatures to bring out different diff- okay. different proteins or different parts of the the barley as it's going through. However, now that kind of modern mart- malt science has taken over, people are growing these specifically for beer. Okay, um, it's kind of gone down to a, a single step infusion is what they call it now. Okay, which is typically you mix the the barley with hot water around 148 to 158 degrees Fahrenheit which and then this is also what a home brewer would do they're not going to go through a multi-step mash they don't have the right so if you're boiling it on the stovetop this is what you're going to shoot for <laughs> is around that temperature yeah well you take the mash after that and you're going to drain off of the sugary liquid which is called the wort and so it's spelled wort but it's pronounced wort w-e-r-t yeah um it's spelled w-o-r-t but then you, you're going to have some like solids remaining. So like, you'll put it through a strainer or something. These can be either composted or actually people have like used it in baking goods. So yeah. you can use it as however you want. But really what the goodness is, is it's wort. Um, yeah. This is what's going to get you tasty drunk. Yes. <laughs> and at this point, I think we talked in the whiskey episode about this. But at this point, you're actually not too far off from being able to deviate and go make whiskey if yeah. you want to. Right. So if you want to make a game day's decision, you can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's risky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do you. Yeah, but again, I'll try done. it. <laughs> I'll try it, right? So you have the wort at this point, and then what you're going to do is you're going to boil that with your hops, and this is where all the flavor comes in, mm-hmm. is hops. And so there's, oh, I, I have it somewhere in my notes. I think there's like 120 different types of hops, Okay. and the combinations or the types of hops that you use are going to be the flavor profile that you're going to get combined with the water and all of this, but right. the majority of the flavor comes from the hops. You actually don't need hops to make beer. You mm-hmm. just need it to taste good. Yes. <laughs> so you can make beer that's... I wonder if that's how they make coors. Maybe that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hops are a... They're actually a flower, which they don't look like a flower. If you've seen, you know, it's like that green like bud. Right, It's actually yeah. a flower from the Humulus lupus plant, which is actually the same strand or the same family as marijuana. So they kind of look similar. They do, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting. But those those are the hops. So it's actually you're putting flour in your beer. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so at this point, you have probably a very bad tasting something or another right. that you're going on. There's not going to be any carbonation. There's not going to be any alcohol in mm-hmm. it. Um, so where that comes in is actually the yeast. And so yeast is used. You're going to use it and you're going to put it in a container containing the yeast. Mm-hmm. And the yeast is what's going to convert the sugar from what you created when you boiled the barley and the water together. The yeast converts the sugar into ethanol, which is the stuff that gets you drunk, and then CO2, which is the bubbles. Yeah. And so if you don't have the right amount of yeast or you don't let it sit for long enough, you're going to get a very flat beer or something that does not get you drunk. Right. Which is, you know, not great. 
Yeah, <laughs> not the point. When you when you take the yeast and you put it into this container, you're gonna probably bottle it a couple weeks after that. Uh-huh. Um, and then if you open those too soon, you're gonna get flat or tasteless beer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Typically, everything up to adding the yeast takes about four hours in okay. a homebrew sense. Mm-hmm. In a homebrew sense, um, and then the after the yeast, they can sit for anywhere from about four weeks to a year. Okay. Is probably where you want to be sitting. Again, in a homebrew sense, there there's ways to make it last longer. Yeah. Or not last at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What I guess then is the differences between the types of beer that we're looking at. Like, what's going to set an amber apart from? I guess the half of that we've already tried. It's going to be a lot with the ingredients and mainly like the type of yeast. And so we'll talk about it a little bit later with lagers and ales, uh-huh. the difference there. So that, that would determine the type of yeast and where it ferments to dictates if it's going to be an ale or a lager. Okay. And then um, also just like the combination of what barley or your hops to get the different types of beer. Okay. And you said that they are roasting the barley, right? Or... Is that all, like always the case? No, it's not always the case. Okay. So you, you can roast the barley to get kind of like a, a deeper, thicker, maltier taste. Um, but you are just combining the barley. Sometimes you can roast it before you combine it with the water. Okay. And so the pre-processing of the barley can also play an effect into the type of beer that you have. Gotcha. I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> as, as we're still kind of talking, sipping on this, let's talk about SRM real quick. Uh-huh. So SRM is the standard reference measurement, or I'm sorry, the standard reference method. And it's the, the way that we would specify a beer's color. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about this on our previous episode, but the way that you calculate this is that you take the attenuation, which is the loss of light mm-hmm. that passes through the beer at specifically 430 nanometers, which is a dark blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so you shine the light through the beer and basically how much how much light reaches the other side of the beer is the SRM. Okay. Or it goes into the formula to get you the SRM. This doesn't give you all of the beer's color. It gives you about 92% of the spectral information uh-huh. that you would need to get the beer's color. To get 100%, you would actually need 81 points. And so this one method was dictated to be good enough, <laughs> <laughs> you know, diminishing returns at that point. So, yeah, for sure. Right? You need 80 more points to get 100%. But yeah, that's the SRM, which is kind of the standard reference. The European uh, standard is the same measurements. It's just a different factor. To, to get the EBC from the SRM, it's actually just like almost a two factor. It's 1.97. Okay. So if you multiply your SRM by two, you're going to get around the EBC. Okay. So with this specifically amber ale, we're looking at a SRM of about eight or nine. Okay. With the Hefenweizen that we tried earlier, that was around a three. And so it's a much lighter We'll, we'll put the chart in the show notes just to kind of get an idea because it is kind of interesting to see kind of the gradients and all the different colors that beers can be. Yeah. And it's sure. kind of, the, you know, it's the same couple ingredients, but you get so much different colors for just sure. how it's processed. So the SRM, we'll, we'll be kind of talking through those as we're going through tasting the next couple of beers. And I do like Amber's um, just in general, but specifically, I'm really enjoying this one. This one's very good. The Alaskan? Yeah, the Alaskan good. Amber. It's a... It says alt style ale. I don't I don't know why they call it that, but yeah. So <laughs> I, I looked it up. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> so alt beer it basically ferments more slowly and at colder temperatures than most ales. Okay. So typically a lager will ferment at a colder temperature, but this is still an ale because it's a top fermenting yeast, but it's colder, which Alaska, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't quite know. I think you're gonna get a more malty flavor at that point. 
Yeah. Um, Because I think, like I said, I was picking up that sort of plum or raisin or fruitcake type smell and taste. And I I think you're right that that's malt is that way. Like, I think when people hear malt, they think sweet and it's like, okay, yes, it is sweet, but it's not like sugar. Right. It's not like, um, like milk stouts or something. Yeah. It's a different (laughs) type of sweet than just being malty. Right. You know, it's going to taste different than if you just like take a spoonful of sugar. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this would actually be a good beer if you were like, this is kind of what like a strong malt flavor tastes like. This is actually a decent beer to use as that example. All right, let's move on to our next beer, which is the Kentucky Irish Red, which is also from Alaska. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no, this is the Irish Red Ale. So it's from Lexington Brewing Company. I did pick it out because it was Kentucky, of course. (laughs) Um, This one is a little bit lighter in alcohol content. It's only a 5.3%, but it's going to be slightly bitter. So our last amber was at 18. This is at a 19 IBU. Okay. So we're going to be a little bit, a little bit more bitter. (laughs) You're really stepping me up here. Yeah, we're (laughs) baby steps. The next jump is 40. Damn. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, so the, the Irish red here, it's... Kind of, it's going to be what you said, actually, just right as we were pouring it. It's about the same color as, as the amber. Mm-hmm. And so, which is why I called the amber a red. <laughs> <laughs> Reds typically range in an SRM of about 9 to 18. This one is on the lighter side of okay. like about a 9, I would yeah. say. So it's not going to be bitter. It's more malty again. We're still, you know, adding that bitterness as we go along. Yeah. And reds, I think we've said it before on the podcast, they're just solid, right? Yeah. They, they are the, if you're not going to be disappointed when you drink a red right and the reason that they're so closely related to like ambers Mm -hmm. um and like both color and taste is that they are similar but red ales use a specialty roasted malt that creates a unique complexity within the finished beer okay so it's the type of malt and it's a little bit maybe you're going to be a little bit sweeter Mm -hmm. than the amber that you are tasting or maybe you're going to get some butterscotch or caramelized flavors when you're drinking a red okay yeah and it's also like that is what's going to give it the the reddish colors that specialty malt okay and so this one is probably the least offensive red looking beer i've seen (laughs) right Um, so this one we are drinking out of a bottle so i didn't get to see it before we poured it right yeah it just looks brown in the bottle yeah (laughs) it's weird i don't know uh the srm is like 40 <laughs> yeah, right. it's very dark glass to take it out of the bottle before there, you we shoot the laser at it. there we go there we go that makes more sense I, as you're as you're doing your five steps and you're mm-hmm. enjoying what, what are your thoughts on the red i have always i guess when i've tasted reds like they do taste slightly different than other beers right you can just like you can in a lineup you can pick out it's like oh like, yeah you know like that's a red i i just i can't they have a flavor profile or something that you can kind of pick out and and notice i i've never heard it described as as like a butterscotch type flavor because i think first of all that might lead you to think that it's sweeter than it is you know yeah okay like um but you're right that like the flavor that the aftertaste the taste that it's like leaving on the back of my tongue is kind of reminiscent of like a of like a butterscotch type type flavor but just a more bitter butterscotch (laughs) i guess if that makes sense yeah yeah it's like butterscotch but they kind of forgot the sugar right (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's one way to think about it this like this one specifically is like it's like what you had said that you it's it is exactly what you expect to get from, from a red. It's it's not surprising. It's not disappointing in any way. It's just like yeah, this is this is what I expected and it's what I got. <laughs> as we're as we're tasting this one, I do want to talk a little bit about different types of glasses. And so you'll, okay. you'll you've seen in bars or in movies when people bring out a, a a beer. A lot of the times they're in like what we would call a pint glass, which is just a normal right 
I, I don't know how to describe it other than a pint glass. Right. It's 16 ounces and it looks conical. Like <laughs> yes, it's just a straight like straight edge, right? Yep. It doesn't have any curvature to it or anything. Yep. It's just a round glass. Yep. And we would we would consider the pint glass kind of a jack of all trades. So any type of beer can really go in a pint glass. You're just not going to get the full experience for a beer that's specifically made for a different glass. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that you can always go to. Basically, different beers are meant to be tasted slightly differently and the glass allows you to drink it slower drink it faster or i guess not faster like drink at normal speed yeah <laughs> <laughs> or drink it slower for your like your higher gravity your stouts or your your ipas mm-hmm. you're gonna not want to drink those as quickly i mean more power to you but like we're gonna be doing that i do have in here that we're gonna be using a pint glass for all of these uh, <laughs> but we're not we're mm-hmm. actually using what we would call like a tulip glass yeah which is specifically made for an ipa or a heavier beer right because it was in the freezer to keep it cold and it was <laughs> hidden and so it was not packed in a box <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so that's why we're using this one what type of beer would you like normally use a tulip glass for i'm glad you asked you're gonna look for this in like a ipa basically what it is when it fills up it's gonna keep all of the aromatics because in an ipa the the smells are just gonna be significantly stronger than what we're gonna mm-hmm. be seeing in the hefenweizen or the reds or the ambers right and so when you're when you get that because it does it's kind of like a bowl shape yeah um, i i mean it looks like a tulip right like, right the actual <laughs> yeah. flower yeah, yeah yeah where it's kind of bulbous in the bottom and then it kind of tapers at the top yep and so what that's doing is that's kind of funneling all of those aromas right to you. So as you're drinking it, you can get that smell right mm-hmm. there as it, and it's not escaping as much. For sure. So for sure. Yeah. Cause it, the, like the size of the like lip is such that like your nose still like sits inside the glass when you're actually drinking from sort of like a red wine glass would be kind of like a similar, yeah. a similar shape or a similar yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to, that's a great way to push it. There are a lot of different glass types which I just found fascinating. Like I went down this rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> with, with the Irish red, you're going to be wanting to drink it out of a Pilsner glass. Okay. And I think of Pilsner glasses as like the glasses that you get at a baseball game. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's the right way to do that or if that's just my own headcanon. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> uh, it's going to be like this very like hourglass type shape. I guess like one half of an hourglass type shape. Mm. It, it's, a, it's a tall, skinny kind of, you know, it looks like you got a lot more beer than you actually do. Yeah, because it's it's so skinny yeah yeah you're right that that's like totally how they are uh that's what they are designed it feels like designed to do at baseball games or why they're used at baseball games like here have this giant beer and it's like it's actually kind of a normal sized beer (laughs) yeah but yep but it looks awesome man the the pilsner glass is also specifically designed to keep ahead Okay. Um, and so like with the I or with the tulip glasses, you're gonna lose your head a little bit quicker than with a Pilsner glass. You're you're just gonna get more carbonation. And that's why you see like, you know, at the big ball game you got this big ass head too. Yes. Which is probably why saving some beer there. They're pouring it to make that head. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually getting less beer yeah. than what you get. But I I was reading some statistics. I think it was like fifty one percent of uh adults drink at baseball games or drink at sporting events and the majority of that is beer. So Yeah. The Irish red uh, here is probably outside of like an IPA. It's probably going to be one of my m- more favorite types of oh, beer. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. If I'm drinking a craft beer, it's probably an IPA. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm drinking it during the day or something like that, which I would probably get like an all-day IPA or a session IPA, which is a little bit less than the alcohol. But yeah. if I had to pick one that wasn't that, I would probably go with with a red. Mm-hmm. I they're just I think they're just solid. Yeah. Let I wanted to hop back a little bit um to talk about the previous two beers and talk about their glass because I we 
<laughs> Dalton's eating pretzels, which is something that you should be doing, right? Like when you're when you're tasting beer or when you're doing like a flight, you want to be doing lighter to darker, but you do want to be drinking water and or eating something salty or like a cracker or pretzels to cleanse the palate in between, or yes. else you're gonna start getting mixing of flavors. But yeah. so if you hear some, and we're a high quality podcast, we don't want any mixing of flavors between <laughs> our craft no, beers. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Pshaw. So the Heffenweizen. So this is actually supposed to be drank out of a special glass called the Weizen. They're actually typically thinner glass huh. structure. It's almost like Pilsner glass that we described, but if someone like squeezed it really hard, <laughs> <laughs> like at the at the base. So it, it's kind of like almost that full hourglass shape. Okay. Where it's like you know the top half, and then you get a little bit of the bottom half of the hourglass shape. But it's actually specifically made for like the Heffenweizen or like a wheat beer to bring out the banana aromas i don't have all of these glasses i do think it'd be really interesting to try it yeah like you know try it in glass. a stout or not a stout glass but a, like a pint glass and then try it out of a uh a wising glass and see if you know yeah. i can taste any difference i probably wouldn't be able to but and then try it out of a tulip glass yeah and then try it out of a tulip glass and then try it out of a solo cup and i probably taste all the same so <laughs> we do not recommend you drink craft beer from a solo cup <laughs> However, it has been done before by us, <laughs> by us on the podcast. <laughs> and then the amber is actually uh, designed to be drunken, drinking, drink, drink, drunk. Uh, <laughs> the amber, the amber is designed to be drank out of a pilsner glass. Okay. So we we had kind of talked about that before, but so the Irish red and the amber, since they are so similar, they're actually designed for the same glass. Gotcha. Or they're optimal for the same glass. Yep. The next beer is also designed for a pilsner glass because it's a pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. <laughs> this is actually the only lager on our flight tonight. Mm. So we we are tasting multiple beers. The all of them are ales, and this pilsner is the only lager. Lagers are actually more popular than ales are. Mainly because a lot of the like in terms of like volume, volume, yeah, yeah, volume consumed. Yes, because all of your coolers, like Budweiser, those are all going to be lagers. The Pilsners, they're mm. going to be lagers, and so those are Pilsners. However, there are good Pilsners, <laughs> <laughs> and like it reminds me of Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, like Amy's boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, the, Teddy, the, I think Teddy <laughs> just loves Pilsners, <laughs> just like the perfect. Yeah, we were talking about this like our last game. It's just like the perfect yeah. like middle of the road like average dude yeah <laughs> just love the pills got a thrill for the pills thrills for the pills <laughs> but yes this is karakin and it's literally just called pills so mm-hmm. but this is uh actually made out of cincinnati oh, very and cool. so go ahead and pour yourself some of that and i'm going to talk a little bit about the difference in lager and ales okay tell me about it these are the two main categories there are other types of categories of beer but i would say the majority of all of your beers are going to be either a ale or a lager the other notable one that does not fall into that category, which is gaining a little bit more traction in the last couple of years, are sours. Yeah. The type of yeast that is used to create an ale, it ferments at a higher temperature, and then it stays at the surface of the beer during the fermentation process. Um, and it's going to be super toasty. It's going to be kind of giving you that um, the toasty flavor, mm-hmm. um, whereas a lager is going to have kind of like a crisper, cleaner taste. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, just like if you think of like an IPA versus like Budweiser or something like that, Mm -hmm. like I do think that the IP or the Budweiser probably has a crisper taste, right? Like it's it's not a good taste necessarily, but I say that I'm wearing a Budweiser t shirt, so (laughs) (laughs) not too much room to judge. Yeah, it was four dollars at Walmart, so there you go. (laughs) But yeah, they're gonna have a the lagers are gonna have a crisper, cleaner taste, and that's because the 
yeast that are used to create the lagers are fermenting at a lower temperature and they sink to the bottom of the container during the fermentation process. Okay. It kind of just floats around. So Right. So when you say like that it's crisper, are you thinking that they have just like overall a, a simpler or more direct like flavor profile? Or is it like that the taste is faster? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to describe what you mean by kind of crisper. Yes. Uh, so I do think, I don't think it's technically correct to say that it has less or like one single taste in it just mm-hmm. because it's a lager i do think that they tend towards that however you can add different types of uh, malt or hops to make to pull out different types of flavors mm-hmm. when, I, when i'm talking about crisper i think that the taste probably it's not going to linger in your mouth as long okay as like a more full body ale and so when you do the tip of your tongue and then the back of your throat um and enjoy remember that last part right <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be kind of a quicker the, the taste is going to be over a little bit eat quicker you're not going to get that lingering like bitterness in your in your right. throat and so it's going to be easier to drink more of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. probably why you see a lot of these like mass right. market it's so popular yeah is because it's because it's a little bit easier to drink mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know if it's cheaper or easier to make i it's i don't think it's easier to make a lager okay it may be cheaper i will clarify that in the show notes but <laughs> but it, it's it's just the different type of yeast. So, like, the difference between lagers and ales has always just been a gap in my knowledge. <laughs> like, I've just never known. I knew that they were different, and I knew that everything was an ale that I drank. Yes. That's, like, all I knew about the two. It is super interesting and, and novel to me, I guess, that the only real difference is the type of yeast that you buy. Like, that's yep. kind of what differentiates the two. Yep. It's the Yeah, it's the type of yeast that you buy and, again, the type of yeast and what temperature it ferments at. And so, oh, okay. so ales are fermenting uh, around sixty to seventy degrees Fahrenheit, whereas lagers are fermented colder, thirty-five to fifty degrees. Okay, um, gotcha. And gotcha. so, it, that's just that's not a brewing technique necessarily, as it is just like you're not going to get the fermentation process at seventy degrees with a yeast that would make a lager. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, gotcha. So there there are kind of two factors there, but yeah, there's not that much difference in between the two. Other, <laughs> that gives it such a different taste and a feel. Yeah. And it's just the different types of yeast, which gotcha. is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, so this is the pills. I guess we really haven't talked about it. What, what do you think about this? Interestingly enough, you had talked about the ales kind of tasting fruitier, but I think like this specific pills is actually like, it has sort of almost like an apple juice type of, yeah, like, it does. Like subtle flavor going on. Yep. It has a, a bit of fruitiness to it. It's so weird to me how you can taste like the similarity to like your Budweiser's and your big, big domestic beers but it tastes good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it tastes like, Oh, like this is what it could be like. How it has like this, like very subtle, like fruity flavor. It doesn't have just like almost like the chalky, like weird. Yeah. Bitterness that like some, and it's bitterness is even too strong of a, <laughs> where, I don't know, but just the badness. Yeah. The comes, badness. Yeah. The ba- it doesn't have the badness. Like it tastes cleaner. It tastes cleaner is a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. And so what that is actually is the kind of what we were talking. Most of the flavor comes from the hops that are used that you boil with the wort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this beer specifically, the the Karakin, um, uh, yeah. the, the yeah. brewery, uses uh, they what they describe as tangy hops. So they don't give you the strand of hops, but mm-hmm. they it is that tangy, and you can taste that apple or that that kind of fruity flavor yeah. there. Yeah. Whereas like you're not if you put this in with an ale yeast, you would get probably heavier on that side. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of like a nice, refreshing, crisp. Like I think you put it 
it's like an apple juice almost like it, yeah it's kind of nice so for sure but yeah i'm really enjoying it and i actually i expected this one to be one of the ones that i enjoyed the least on this yeah. episode um but so far it's like actually you know this is pretty good i could yeah. i could definitely see myself like drinking this beer and like yeah. even ordering it you know and, yeah and enjoying it so you, you're saying you got the thrills for the pills i just I got the thrills <laughs> man holy cow one of the other things that i wanted to talk about with pilsners is that this is actually a higher ibu so it, it's a little it's a little bit more bitter. Again, that's not always the case mm-hmm. than our Irish red. So we're sitting at a 29, whereas our okay. Irish red was a 19. And so I don't know if you can distinguish that taste at all. Yeah, I think you had also mentioned that like some of the, sometimes the IBU can be deceiving because yes. it can be balanced, yep. right? And so yep. I think the actual specific like hop choice here is helping to balance some of that out. Because I would actually, I would expect a 29 IBU to feel more bitter than than this one specifically and maybe this is also just a really good one i don't know like, <laughs> maybe we're just you know we're we're kind of pitching for carrican pills here we're, yeah. we're, in, we're enjoying it but yeah the new sponsor of the podcast right oh man that's can, it's can gonna take that? over elijah craig <laughs> holy cow oh no i'm sorry the beer sponsor of the podcast the beer sponsor of the podcast there we go yeah we don't have an official beer sponsor yet so yeah you know the spot is up for the taking little beers <laughs> do your best <laughs> so far though i don't know so far carrican i'm between the amber and the carrican Okay. pills on the night so far oh good okay yeah and um, and actually you know what this the pills might be edging it out i never thought i would say that on this <laughs> episode but it, it might be edging it out i have historically discounted pilsners just because they are pilsners yeah absolutely yeah it's just like i'm <laughs> on my own i'm ordering a pil- I don't i'm better that. than that i'm not yeah. ordering a pilsner i can get Teddy like 30 orders. of those for 15 dollars <laughs> like i don't want to do that <laughs> but exactly. teddy from brooklyn 99 yeah. orders that i'm not gonna do that exactly i i do think that as i have kind of gotten older or as, as I have just drank more mm-hmm. um, and like just tried different things, I do find that Pilsners are not as bad as that as, as kind of think. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but also it just kind of sounds dirty Pilsner. It's like, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's going to distinguish a Pilsner in this sense is it's going to be very light. Yeah. So the SRM on this is probably like almost as light as it can get, maybe like a two. Yeah. Right. So it, it looks almost yellow. Oh, it absolutely it, Yeah, we were saying it tastes like apple juice, but apple juice is way darker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks like pear juice. Yes, <laughs> it looks like pear juice, tastes like apple. Yeah. Get you drunk. I don't know which more you want. What so. more do you want? Yeah, a very nice choice. Good. Thanks for including it in the uh, our single lager. <laughs> yes, our single lager. I, I looked for more, but then I was just like, there's just, like, I, I was trying to limit myself to 18 beers. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> help me i'm trying oh no (laughs) i've been tricked (laughs) in the best possible way (laughs) yeah no no i i i was trying to just kind of get a full flavor profile all the way through yeah but i needed to include at least a lager on here (laughs) because i was like i i I would not be able to live it down for sure so (laughs) yep now we're starting to get into the realm of types of beer that i really enjoy and so this next beer which I have had, obviously, yep. is the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of the viewers have probably had this beer. Yes, it's, it's a very popular beer. It's actually yep. Sierra Nevada's most famous beer, mm-hmm. or their most produced beer. Uh, but I this think I is you viewers, by the way, your listeners. I know you're not viewers, <laughs> <laughs> unless one of you is. In which case, please stop. <laughs> uh, Just like, over the shoulders. T- shut the blinds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to record in a basement from now on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're just over the halfway point, so this is our fifth beer of the night, and so hopefully you're feeling 
still pretty good. Um, <laughs> but we're also going to start getting into the higher alcohol content of beers. Right, uh, right. This one is not necessarily higher alcohol content. This one's sitting at a 5.6, which is right about the middle of a road for a pale ale mm-hmm. or an IPA. Uh, it's going to be more bitter than your Pilsners or anything that we've had before. This one's right. sitting at a 38. Yep. And so our, to just kind of remind um, our viewers... As as you were, <laughs> as you are known. Yes, as 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 you are known, uh, the the pilsner was a twenty nine. Whereas the pilsner was using that the IBUs were a little bit higher, but it was kind of balanced out. You weren't getting a lot of the hoppy. When you get into pale ales or the IPAs, this is kind of where the hops like to shine. Like you are, they are not trying to balance out the hops; they're trying to display the hops. In the right. Beer. This is also hard for a lot of people when they're drinking because it's not necessarily the greatest flavor for a new drinker i Mm. like if you like black coffee you're probably more akin to liking like hoppier beer or red wine and hoppier beer so it's kind of like those like i i think that they're good they're it's just harsher when when you're drinking it it's less sweet yeah peated scotch (laughs) yes oh i don't like that though (laughs) that was not good (laughs) no no says i this is the pale ale really it's just kind of the bridge (laughs) so yeah we're, we're getting to again some of the higher alcohol contents or the high gravity beers uh-huh. going down the list but this is just kind of that that bridge so we didn't jump directly into like a double ipa from yeah. a pilsner because yeah. that would punch Pre- you in the face appreciate that so, <laughs> <laughs> i i have found with the pale with this pale l specifically that it's almost like got a tinge of spice to it do you taste that at all yeah i can okay see that. i enjoy the pale l from sierra nevada and i think that's one of the reasons it, it's it tastes a little bit more kicky mm-hmm because adjectives and words are hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, have you ever had like a just like a pepper beer? You no, know what I mean? that sounds. I don't bad. like. I'm I'm trying. To, <laughs> I'm sure that's not like the technically correct term. But I've like I have had a beer from a bomber that just had a pepper in it. You know, like, like oh uh, like oh a yes hot yes. Or a no, I, I have beer, had one of those. Is yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, and this had is not that <laughs> to that level. But in the aftertaste, it's like okay, I could see how you know maybe it has like a little bit of like a chili flavor or yeah. something in the in the aftertaste. The, the recommended glass for a pale ale, kind of the middle of the road, getting in there, you named it a pint glass. So, <laughs> you know, just the jack of all trades glass. Yeah. So, yeah. so I wanted to use this beer as we're just kind of transitioning into kind of the more, the heavier beers as just some fun facts uh, for beer. Mm-hmm. And so we talked a little bit earlier about the German purity law which was defined in Germany in 1516, stating that nothing other than barley, hops, and water can be used to produce beer. You are missing a key ingredient there, <laughs> which they added yeast when they realized it was important in the making of beer. So <laughs> so now the, the purity law has now been revised. In 1516, they didn't know what yeast was. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so they got it there. They yeah. got it there. So yeah. Um, so yeah, the German purity law states that only barley, hops, yeast, and water can be used in the making of beer. Yeah, and so all of this orange peel type bullshit that Fruity America bull. does, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is, is not is doesn't fly over in Germany. Yeah, well, let's play some trivia with this. This will be fun. Okay, of the popularity of drinks, where do you think beer falls in the list? Popularity of like so all all not necessarily alcoholic, just drinks of all time. J- drinks of all time. I feel like is water considered one? Yes. Okay, if water is considered, <laughs> I feel like third. I'm wondering if it beats out wine. Wine is the hard one, and tea, right? Wine and tea are the big ones that I'm trying to figure out. So I'm gonna place it third. That's fine. You are correct. Really? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes water, tea, then 
Uh, beer. Then beer. I like don't drink a lot of tea, and so like I didn't like think about that, but I do realize that a lot of tea is drink. <laughs> yes, specifically in like two countries that have very large populations. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> what would you can? What would you think the the annual profit for beer production in the United States is per year? The annual profit. Yes. Man, that is tough. I wonder if it's actually like a high margin thing or if it's a pretty low margin. You know, like. I would guess that it's pretty high margin. It can't be like all that. Well, it's so cheap. Like I'm thinking. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, they make a lot of it. They make a lot of it. So, So. (laughs) oh man, what's the, yeah. What's the GDP of America? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. 7% of that. (laughs) Right. 7% of that. Um, Let's go with uh, $10 billion. Nice round number. Close, you're off by a factor of 10. $100 billion. Holy cow. That's a lot of money, guys. (laughs) That is a lot lot of money money just for like liquid. Yeah. (laughs) Just for funny juice. Just for funny juice. (laughs) All right, so let's move on. Let's move on. So we'll talk about history of beer here in a little bit. But beer was kind of first made in the Middle East, and Egyptians drank a lot of beer. Okay. So how many different types of beer do you think Egyptians had? listed out huh i don't know seven 17 17 17 so you got the one of the numbers right one of the numbers right? <laughs> i'm actually yeah i'm consistently off yeah. by <laughs> back, you know <laughs> you just need to add like a digit yeah exactly I just, i'm off by one digit somewhere yep but 17 and they they had names like joybringer and heavenly oh, so that's weird i didn't realize they spoke english yeah it i know right but who knew <laughs> McDonald's actually offers beer on a lot of menus around the world. What? Yeah, not in America. I actually don't know if I want a McDonald's beer, to be honest with you. Well, like, I mean, I, you know what I mean? It's like McDonald's offers Coke, and it doesn't taste any different. Like, yeah, okay. That, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> as long as it's not McDonald's brand beer. <laughs> McDonald's Pilsner. Ugh. But, like, you know how, like, you go to McDonald's, like, at, like, during a night of drinking, like, yes. guys, like, fuck, we just need some McDonald's. Like, yeah. Just settle and if they had beer, you'd be like... Wait a second. <laughs> Bro. Right. This kicked it up a notch. That would be awesome. Unfortunately, they are not in the United States. They are in some of the countries that our listeners are from. So this may not be a fun fact for them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but they are, uh, some, some of the countries are France, Germany, Portugal, South Korea. And so a lot of like, you know. Cool places. Cool places. But like, you know, I guess like when I was in germany i never went to a mcdonald's so i didn't notice this right but, yeah that's a good point it's like i got better things to do than yeah, go to right. mcdonald's <laughs> maybe i'll go next time i'm in south korea to see if they have a beer for me at mcdonald's <laughs> maybe i'll just go take a picture then i'll, I'll yeah because i'm sure you point. would go like order something get the beer and then be like this isn't as great as it sounds yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> as we're finishing off this pale l i have one more fun fact well actually i have a lot more fun facts but one more fun fact for this beer segment okay specifically another trivia question for you so what epv do you think is the highest or the strongest beer in the world i'll give you a hint it's an, actually not a hint the name is snake venom <laughs> if that if that tells you anything but what alcohol content do you think that this beer has see like now i'm just trying to think of like alcohol contents that i have seen yeah you know and then like at what point is it no longer beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with 18 percent. 18 percent. yeah okay so beers typically range between three and ten percent uh-huh most vodka is about 35 to 40 percent mm-hmm 
uh, wine is somewhere in there like 18-ish percent. Right. That's actually kind of why I was settling on I was like, I know yep. 18 is like wine range. <clears throat> Snake venom was 67.5%. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? It was a Scottish brewery that, <laughs> that made I it. I think you mean distillery. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they they took a left turn at the at the mash. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> like, wait a second. Right. We listened to the episode of Fantasy and Some Fights, and they said <laughs> that we could make a beer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> at this point, you can make beer. That is too strong <laughs> for that a beer. Is insane. Yeah. You have to just <laughs> you have to water it back. Put an ice cube it back. in it, <laughs> like barrel proof. Like that's what that is. You know. Holy cow. Oh man, not not a fan. Not not a fan. fan. <laughs> I would and it be, would be bubbly. That would be so weird. Yeah, that'd be yeah. I would I would try it. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably expensive. It's probably expensive as shit. Yeah, like, probably. I, I would try it. I'm sure it's like <laughs> kind of difficult to make. How do they even like yeast will die at that? You know what I mean? Like you can't just like ferment it to get it to that. You have that's why you have to distill it to get to that alcohol volume. Or you know, so like yeah. How they even do that? I have like, no idea. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun fact, so I put it in the notes. That is a very fun fact. It raises some serious questions. (laughs) It's a very fun fact. Maybe they're just like mixing it with vodka or something. No, that wouldn't even do it. They're mixing it with like ethanol. Yeah. (laughs) That's like grain alcohol. Like it got Everclear and just pumped it in the barrel. Ooh, Everclear is not a good drink. All right. You ready to move on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on from that. Okay. Our next one is... An IPA, so an Indi- Indiana Pale Ale. Indiana Pale Ale, <laughs> because we're in Indiana. Yes, or an India Pale Ale. So this is 90-minute Imperial IPA, which is from Dogfish Head. Which Very cool. I, you may have heard of this before. Yeah, I've had like others from, from Dogfish, Dogfish Head, and cool. it's a very recognizable packaging and a very recognizable yeah. you know at least around these parts like you know it's like a people, shark logo yeah it's like a shark logo people drink it a lot yep. so very common yep so this is the 90 minute imperial ipa there are a couple of other beers in this line there's the 60 minute ipa which is going to be a little bit easier to drink it's less hoppy and then there's the 120 minute ipa um which is like 20 dollars a bottle Okay. So I did not get that one. Okay, that's fine. I would not be capable of appreciating it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I have had the 120, and it is actually very good. Oh, cool. Uh, You cannot drink a lot of it. Yeah. Because it's like 18% or something like that. It's dumb. Yeah. But... But yeah, so is is like is the minutes? Is that how long it's recommended to consume it over? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Is it really? No. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe not really. Uh, so the sixty minutes, the ninety minutes, and the one hundred twenty minutes are talking about how long the hops are boiled with the wort. Oh, okay, very so cool. The other difference is that a sixty minute IPA is sixty IBU. 90 minutes is ninety, and one twenty is actually one hundred twenty minute. Oh IBU, wow, IBU. So I. I don't know how they do that magic, I guess, but like, so that that's another distinguishing fact. So the one twenty minute is going to be significantly better than what you're drinking now. Too. Gotcha. Well done. <laughs> so this is the ninety minute Imperial IPA. You're taking a couple of sips. What are your thoughts on it? And I know you're not a huge IPA fan. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not typically, and I think part of that is just because like the bitterness is is like a jarring. It's jarring, right? And yep. it's a divisive yes. you know, type of flavor where like you're either gonna like this flavor profile or or like you're not yeah yeah um and so i think like where i'm at in my like enjoyment of ipas is like i i'm happy at this point to taste them i i very much struggle to like 
finish strong <laughs> by myself you know like i can have yeah. sessions i i will drink sessions uh regularly um there's and there's a couple of uh even just like direct ipas it's like oh, this is enjoyable that usually they're typically like the fruitier ones or something like yeah. that so far this one's pretty strong <laughs> yes it, it is very strong yeah, yeah it it is meant to be strong it is meant to be very hoppy you don't have to finish it all <laughs> um yeah so th- this is our hoppiest beer on the list this is we're gonna start moving into some of the darker beers after this gotcha um but th- this is the darkness of, at the end of the tunnel the dark the darkness <laughs> at the end of wait <laughs> this this one is still lighter in color mm-hmm. and so we're looking at probably right here an imperial ipa and this one specifically is probably around a th- We'll hold it up. Yeah, it's probably like a 10-ish. Yeah, it's actually like, it's kind of close to it's, where the amber was, I was going to say. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's lighter than you expected. Yeah. And a lot of the times these uh, Imperial IPAs are much darker. And so this, this one just is not, which which is kind of interesting. So this beer is coming in at 9%, right? This is the heaviest alcohol volume that we've had so far. And and it seems like IP, like when it gets into like a like a double or a triple IPA, that that kind of trends with higher alcohol volumes. Yes. Do you know if there, is there like an actual like reason for that correlation? Uh, yeah. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, so one, it's going to be fermenting for longer because okay. you're you're actually so a double IPA typically uses about double the amount of hops mm-hmm. that a single IPA would use, mm-hmm. and that would kind of you know, go crazy with the, with the bitterness. It could ruin the beer, but they also add more uh, barley to counteract that. So we talked about that before mm-hmm. where IBUs are not always necessarily a, a, a function of how bitter it is because mm-hmm. that, that malted barley can kind of bring it in, make it a little right, bit sweeter. In a little bit, yeah. And so you're kind of, it's a balancing act, but you are going to be uh, fermenting it for longer, which is going to lead to the higher alcohol content with the more hops gotcha. that, that you put in there. And so, I will say that the, um, that is very true for this beer that it has a very strong like malty backbone yeah you know and like as i as i drink it more and you kind of get like accustomed to the bitterness that like maltiness is able to kind of like shine through a little bit more which is, which is pretty nice yeah I, your initial taste is the bitter yeah <laughs> and then you're gonna you're gonna get it as you're swallowing for sure so this is the highest rated beer from Untapped on our list tonight. Oh, cool! By point zero one. <laughs> so we we really have, edging out the victory there. Edging out the victory. We have not drank the one that is right below it yet, but we'll get there. Okay. This is a imperial IPA, mm. and so the term imperial specifically just means a big beer. So more flavor and more alcohol. A lot of the times used interchangeably with like a double or strong. And it's just talks about extra grains and extra hops to produce the higher ABV. Okay. That that's what the imperial means. There's not okay. really So like I should a expect cutoff. a higher like alcohol content if it's if it's saying imperial, yes. I should expect like bolder flavors or yes. something. Okay. Yeah. So typically IPAs cap out around seven ish percent mm-hmm. and the uh the the doubles or the triples are higher than that. Okay. So this one specifically, the dogfish head is a nine percent uh alcohol content yeah so it's 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 hefty it's a hefty it's a hefty beer it's it's not something that i would drink more than one of a night it's that well it counts basically as two beers yeah (laughs) it it does (laughs) um but it's also like after you drink this you're going to be very thirsty yeah (laughs) i'm already noticing that like just getting like kind of you know uh a a bit cotton mouthed i guess yes so one of the other things that i wanted to talk about about this is that this 
beer is actually you're drinking it from the glass that it's supposed to be drank from so you're supposed to drink <laughs> yes <laughs> we did it i did it um we finally did it the double ipas are supposed to be drank from the tulip glass mm-hmm. um which holds the aromatic so if you did pour a full glass you would get that nice head and you would smell you would get a lot of that as you're drinking yeah for sure fun fact the tulip glass was actually designed by dogfish head oh no way yeah dogfish head partnered with Sierra Nevada, which is the pale ale that we were drinking, and a glass maker called Spigula. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I'm I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. They're probably not listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They were designed and built specifically for IPAs. The regular glass that the pint glasses that they were normally doing actually warm up the IPAs too quickly, and so you want to be mm. drinking an IPA slower than like than like a Pilsner or something, especially an Imperial with the higher alcohol content. So you're going to be wanting to drink it slower, which means that it's going to warm up quicker. And okay. so the, the, the Tulip Glass actually is also designed to keep the beer colder for longer. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you keep them in the freezer. Right. That's why I <laughs> keep them in the freezer. Yep. I, I knew that. I meant to do that. It's not just that I thought frosted glasses looked cool and I wanted to impress people when I gave them one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, but you're right that like the stem actually keeps it off the is keeping it off the table, which is yeah. also going to help kind of keep it cold. I, right. I said earlier that there are over 120 types. There are actually over 170 different types of hops that are used to make beer. Wow! And each one has a very unique flavor. Alrighty, let's uh let's move a little bit out of what I enjoy and start getting into some of your favorites. <laughs> so. This I, is the dessert at the end of the meal. This is yes, this is the dessert <laughs> at the end of the meal. I want to make sure that I don't drop it as I pull it out here. I you know, I needed a porter for the flight. And literally I bought this one again off the name because that is how marketing works for me. This one is called Old Leg Humper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Old Leg Humper by Thirsty Dog Brewing Company. <laughs> oh, he's so cute though. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the dog on the label. He's just a fat black lab. He's just a fat black lab. He's so fat. The uh, the tagline for this beer is "So many legs, so little time." Uh, <laughs> Are we switching over to whiskey now? We're talking about legs. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you swirl it, you can. If see. you swirl, it, yeah, you get some legs. So as you're pouring this into the glass, you're going to notice this is a lot darker than everything that we have been tasting before. And so I was about to say, this is a strict departure. Yes, it, it is a strict departure. And technically, the porters and stouts are ales. They mm-hmm. have top high temperature fermenting yeast. Yep. However, they are typically thought of in a different type of category. So, like, yeah. I, I don't necessarily go out and say, I want an ale and grab a stout, right? Right. Technically, they're the same, but usually they're kind of thought of in distinct categories. But this is getting a little bit darker than what we're what we have been. So. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking at this porter is probably going to be around 22, 24 ish, where we've been sitting at like a 10. So mm-hmm. um, if, if you look at the in, show uh, notes in IBU. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. In uh, SRM. In SRM. Yeah. SRM. Okay. So we're, we're looking, we're getting darker. It's almost like a black yeah. that we're looking at. So, but since you ask IBUs, it's 24. Yeah. You had said the number 24 and it actually like says that on the bottom. Oh. So that's why I was <laughs> like, is, how, oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So 24. So. This is actually right around what the Pilsner was, um, a little bit higher IBUs than the Irish Red, but you're not going to get mm-hmm. like almost any mal- or any bitter flavors, right. any hot flavors, because there's so much malt in it, so much that it's going to kind of like, if we think about it as like kind of a swing or a seesaw, it's kind of all towards the end, and you're going to get a lot of more like caramel, coffee-like or caramel, chocolatey flavors with For a porter. Sure. For sure. This one is back 
down a little bit in APV. It is sitting at a 5.8%. So it's going to be a little bit easier to drink than some of your heavier, heavier gravity beers. Yes. Uh, and so, but, but yeah, what I, I know you like porters. What do you think about this one? The right. old leg humper. So I will say first off, my tasting may be impacted by the fact that I am coming from a 90 <laughs> IBU beer. Did you eat your pretzels? It, I did eat my pretzels, yes. <laughs> and did you hear water. him eat your pretzels, watchers? <laughs> viewers? <laughs> viewers. But point is, this is obviously a much sweeter beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so coming off of that, it tastes extremely sweet. <laughs> um, probably more so than it deserves. But it does describe itself as a robust porter. And I think just like off of my taste, that's probably a fair description. We're also like, we're, I'm getting a lot of foam as I, just even as I swirl it, you can see the head like really jump up. I don't know if that's, again, because we actually, we kind of bought the beers for this episode like a while ago. Yeah. And, and so it, it may just be that it's, um, it's kind of been sitting, you know, in a warm room um, before I threw it in the, or before we <laughs> threw it in the fridge. But overall it is coming through with a lot of maybe competing flavors. Like I think Porter's sometimes feel like you get like these one or two and like here's yeah. the flavors and then it like you know <laughs> it like kind of disappears yep. this one kind of feels like there's a couple different ones kind of crashing over each other okay you know so like and i think they're all the typical porter things the coffee the the like the very bitter dark chocolate like you know yeah. like you were talking about the malty flavors of the of the dark sweet fruits yep. and that sort of thing so that anyway that's kind of what's maybe coming across i'm trying to figure out right now if this is actually if it's a good porter or not, <laughs> you know, because I've, of the categories like porters and stouts, like we've talked about, this is where I've had more beers than other ones. I'm trying to figure out if I'm, if I'm liking this one or if it's just that I'm starting to get tipsy and off, yeah. coming off of like the, uh, the double IPA. I'm like, man, this is the best porter ever. Yeah, like, this is amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I tried it. It's not my favorite. Okay. So, um, do you have like our porter something you have a lot of? I don't have a lot of them. I do like porters though. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this one almost tastes sour to me. Okay. And so I, I don't know if you're you're picking up on that, but it seems like there's a little bit of a sour taste, um, which like it does, it's described um, as having an estery, which is like a fruity flavor. Yeah. And so I think that's what you're getting, but I think it, it's almost yeah. like the fruit's almost gone bad. And so I don't know if that's I know just where you're being com- I know where you're coming from. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm picking it up too now that you've like mentioned it. It's like a it's like a fruit cake type of yeah yeah type yeah. of like flavor where it's like okay like jammed or, or something type of type of fruit. You're right. So I don't think it's a bad beer. I've just had better porters. I think yeah. So I think as I've like taken a couple of sips of it, it's more in the aftertaste than like yeah. You know, like because I said it had these crashing flavors in the front, so I was kind of focused on that. Now that I'm like searching for that kind of like soured kind of flavor that's it's definitely like kind of lingering with that so i think you're right i've probably had better better porters but (laughs) tell me about like porters in general like what what kind of makes them different than what we've tasted so far really what you're looking at is a difference and you're looking at more malt um in like a porter or a stout than you would be in um like a a pill or not a pilsner necessarily because that's a lager but like a like an amber or red or something like that and so that's what, how we were talking about like kind of the seesaw effect where you're going to get a lot of the hops from or the bitterness from the hops and that can be balanced out by more adding more malt. This is going to mm-hmm. be adding more malt and kind of going to the other end of the spectrum to get a sweeter, not necessarily fruitier taste, but like a sweeter chocolate or more chocolatey taste. Mm-hmm. That's also why you're getting darker beers mm. is because you're using more of that um and then like a stout is going to be using like more roasted malt even mm-hmm. and so that's going to bring the darkness even down which like you're looking at this it's like how can it get darker than that but <laughs> right right um, I, I would say like 
if you catch it with the light going through it, you can see that it's brown. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't come oh, across yeah. as black with right. like a light behind it. If it's like against a dark surface, like it will look black, but it come like it looks like a very, very dark brown, especially on the edges. It'll start to pick up kind of that like a ruddy or a, a rusty type of color at the very edge. Porters and stouts are fairly kind of compared a lot of the times because they're mm-hmm. they're both bringing out those flavor profiles and really kind of the difference in the two is that a stout has roasted malts and a porter does not okay so you're there's still kind of like the same formula almost uh-huh. <laughs> in how you're going to make it you're uh-huh. just roasting which are going to bring out some more coffee flavors in, yeah. a, in a stout then mm-hmm. you're going to get in a porter porter is going to be a little bit lighter body probably a lower apv okay um and so so we'll we'll get into um, an imperial here in a second, but the porter is going to be kind of the sweeter, easier to drink of the two. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So I think that porters are probably if you're diving into a craft beer sense, like outside of like a pilsner or something like that, I think porters are fairly easy to start out and drink, just because they're so sweet. They're kind of like nice, yeah. and and they they remind you of like, or like they have those chocolatey flavors, and so it, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy for someone new. Uh, someone a new beer drinker to enjoy something like that yeah and i think they can also come across as like like watery is not maybe the right word but like thin thin you yeah. know thin bodied whereas yep. like a stout is like you're chewing it you're chewing <laughs> it it's a meal you're like oh man i'm this is called an oatmeal stout because it's like i'm getting chunks yeah <laughs> <laughs> does anyone have any floss right exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, and porters are not that way. So you're, you're right that they're they're much easier uh, to approach. The only, I think, caveat there is like if you give a new beer drinker a porter, you're going to have to warn them like this is not what you expect a beer to taste like. like right, it's yeah. going to taste yeah. a little weird compared to what you might be thinking beer yes. is going to be like. Oh, yeah. It's going to be completely different than anything that you've had out of... You know, or even new could exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So as we're as we're enjoying the porter, um, I want to talk a little bit about the history of beer because I I found that this was fairly fascinating. So about how long ago do you think beer was invented? Well, I heard recently that the Egyptians were drinking beers and that they had 17 different types. They they do. They (laughs) did. They do. They did. They do. They have more than 17 now, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thousands of years so it lets you invent new types of beer um so i, I don't know i'm gonna go like beers uh maybe three thousand years old close if i'm on by a single digit again i'm gonna be pissed i mean one <laughs> digit is wrong <laughs> um so the first chemically confirmed beer was found in iran about five thousand years ago wow which is very old, especially when you kind of think about and realize that written language just was invented 5,300 years ago. Holy cow. So as soon as they figured out how to write, they were like, yes, we need to like write this down. Write this shit. <laughs> hey, hey, nerd, pick up your pencil. <laughs> <laughs> write this shit down. <laughs> the technique of brewing kind of came from the Middle East. So in, from Iran, uh, Egypt, kind of like that, that area is where beer brewing kind of started and then it's kind of propagated through from there mm. uh ninkasi was the mesopotamian goddess of beer and was said to have caught taught the craft brewing to human beings so appreciate that yeah bless <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of started a long time ago right um and then the the invention of beer this is kind of interesting has been argued to be responsible for humanity's ability to develop technology and build civilization Huh. Yep. And so this was because people were happier and 
um but actually it does kind of have um it has sustenance right it has carbs and you can be sustained on beer um like we we talked about kind of in the industrial revolution that Mm -hmm. shanties were used as kind of an electrolyte plus carbohydrate drink for people to work their long hours right um but the the idea and the fermentation and kind of the brewing of beer led to um the techniques and of kind of like understanding um and building out some of the nutritional drinks that could sustain people which kind of helped lead to that innovation which i thought was kind of interesting yeah i i don't know if i said it correctly it's shandy not shanty d is in dalton d is in dalton t is in dominion um t is in dominion (laughs) oh because yeah because there's a dominion (laughs) card shanty town i'm following yes you are correct but dominion starts with a d that's why i was confused oh yeah you're like t is in dominion i was like uh oh no (laughs) it doesn't work (laughs) no i took a couple of steps but we we got there i don't understand why you didn't follow that that was easy (laughs) oh man so they they started brewing the beer about five thousand years ago but however the use of hops was actually not um known or started until um at least the ninth century and so before that it was a lot of not very flavorful uh beer yeah so (laughs) yeah they're like we're just gonna take some grain Put it in some water. <laughs> yep. Boil it. Leave it there for a while. And then drink it. <laughs> yeah. Like, who was the first person that, like, did, did they just, like, forget about it? Must have, yeah. Yeah, and, they and then just, like, drank and, like, this is yeah. I bad. feel great. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I can innovate right now. <laughs> I can innovate right now. <laughs> but, yeah, any other thoughts on the porter before we move on? We're talking beer history. We talked about, like, you need, you know some sort of grain you need water but you also need yeast right yeah so like and they didn't know what yeast was right so how did that like end up in the mixture you know what i mean like how how did they how did they include that in the equation yeast wasn't discovered as technically like a microorganism Mm -hmm. um until recently i think it was like the 1600s however like they were still using yeast Right. They just didn't know what it was. Right. And right. so um, it was getting in there somehow. It was getting in there somehow. They were fermenting it somehow. And so so the Egyptians about 5000 years ago used yeast to make bread um, and they thought it was a miracle. Right. <laughs> like, they, they were just like, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> this shit is crazy. Yeah. God is good. God is good. Let's put it in a drink. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But before like yeast was built in like labs as it is today, uh, it was actually cultured by brewers so like we're another brooklyn 99 reference for you do you remember like the uh um the mother yeast or, <laughs> or like the, the the mother dough or whatever the mother dough or whatever yeah so it's something similar to that so they would actually take a yeast cake where they would make the god stuff right mm-hmm. and they would transfer that from batch to batch uh, okay. of of beer so they didn't actually know what it was they just knew that it was necessary for making beer and that it was just like this yeast cake which sounds disgusting yeah. but like they, they would transfer so they it. must it was, you're saying that like they just filtered it off or something like that like from the you know what i mean like from the like where did you're saying yeast cake like is that just like a culture uh, like a dough basically that they maintained and they just tossed a little bit in every yeah every so often yeah it was, it was just a culture of dough that they would like it contained a whole like it had a bunch of yeast and bacteria and they just kind of like dumped it in there and <laughs> like it wasn't as effective as it is today now when we like single out and utilize yeah. just the yeast but the, it, the fda wants to know your yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> not good not good not good um 
but but yeah so they were utilizing yeast without knowing what it was they actually called it god is good so <laughs> that they, they had the name for that that's pretty um, that's pretty funny they did know that that was the cause of the fermentation because they started getting bubbles all right let's move into the final beer of the night which we have a stout specifically we have oh baby old rasputin you got old rasputin yes old rasputin the imperial stout the imperial this is one of my like all-time favorite beers. i did not know that you had had this beer. i've had this one yeah this good. is a good one so i i have not I, I saw really good things this is the beer that the dogfish had 90 minute beat out by 0. 0.01 on on tapped yeah so this is also this is the beer very that made me highly like stouts. oh really okay awesome <laughs> yeah, like well, this is a great beer. capstone beer then i know right i had this beer and was like oh i like this <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So this is again an imperial. So we use that term with the uh, the double IPA. So it yep. is going to be a higher alcohol content. This one is also a nine percent. I don't know if it says it on there, but do you know what the IBUs of this is? See, you know, since since I'm learning that it could be deceptively yeah. high, <laughs> that's altering my answer. I'm going to go with like forty five. It's actually seventy five. Holy cow! Yeah. Is it really? So this is our second highest IBU on our flight tonight, and so, but we're not going to get bitterness here. So because it is a stout, which means that the malts were roasted beforehand, the nose you're going to get a lot of hot. Coffee. You're gonna get a lot of coffee. Coffee. Uh, chocolate coffee. Coffee coffee. Coffee coffee. Um but yeah, you're gonna get coffee, chocolate, licorice, molasses, those types of dark flavors. Also with this, this is our darkest beer of the night. If you hold this up to the light, you're not even gonna get really any penetration whatsoever. Right. Um so this is capping out at probably about a forty. Is it would be our Imperial Stouts. It's hard to you yeah, you're having, see you're, through it. You're having me hold it up to the light and you can see like a tinge of brown on like the edge yes, right yeah. there. So maybe like a 39.5 is what we're looking <laughs> at instead of a 40. You you already said that you liked it, but go ahead and um go ahead and talk to me about it a little bit. I think a lot of like this beer has a lot of nostalgia for me, obviously. Okay, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. being one of the first beers that I tried that was um, that like was an imperial stout and realizing like oh this is this is what i like um, <laughs> i think i have it up on a pedestal like maybe yeah. slightly higher than it deserves <laughs> um but overall it's still like a very good beer it has a ton of that like dark coffee bitterness like coming through yep and like now that i'm like retasting it it's like and i'm looking for bitterness it's like oh okay i can see how like 75 is is fair like i can yep. see how it can definitely get there but again compared to like even the the uh, sierra nevada pale ale that we had earlier this one doesn't feel nearly as bitter as that one does, even though it's a, it's an overall higher IBU. Yes, yeah, you're getting it's going to be a lot sweeter, I think. For sure. So yeah, you can you can taste the the hoppiness or the, the bitterness there, but it's very quickly counteracted, and you're you have to kind of look for it almost. For sure, for sure. Um, In like the nose, when you when you just like take a whiff, it it comes across as like for me just like very complex, like. Almost there's a lot like, there, yeah. There's a lot there, like compete. Like your nose goes, like, what the hell was that? Like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if you want to drink that or not. Like, <laughs> your nose is, you know, maybe sending up some warning signs. Yeah. Um, but like again, overall in the taste, like it, it is very strong alcohol content, like you, like you mentioned. But it's yep. not like it's not burning in it. You know, it's going to come across as like tasty and sweet and smooth and, um, and dark and roasted and and bitter. And it's just like imperial stouts do that, right? They have a, a ton of, um. Of, of those sweet and, and bitter and complex flavors kind of coming across all at once. And so, um, I don't know. This, I could talk about this beer for a long time. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm like almost fanboying out about yeah, right? it. Like, this, is, this is a favorite of mine. Good, good, good. Um, the other thing that I would talk to you about is as the porter was a bit lighter, this is going to be kind of a very thick 
mouthful. For sure. Yeah. So you're almost going to like chew it, right? It's right. closer to bread than anything else <laughs> yeah. that we've had on our flight yeah. tonight. If you poured it in a pan and baked it. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this should be uh, enjoyed out of what's called a stout glass which is very similar to the IPA glasses that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also developed by Spigula, the, the glass maker. Um, but this one was in a partnership with Left Hand Brewing Company. Okay. And so they, they have a couple of stouts. I think you've probably had some of those. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So I have not had this one. This one is very good. I have not had this one before. I just tasted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think that it would be easier to probably drink more Imperial stouts than Imperial IPAs. Uh, probably just because yeah. it's a little bit sweeter and it's it's almost like a dessert yeah right like sure. you said it kind of jokingly earlier but like it, it does kind of taste like a dessert a sweet dessert for so. sure like and and i still think like even if it might be easier to have more than one like it'd be hard uh, to yeah have it would be hard one. it'd be hard it's they're heavy <laughs> they're heavy i i would still like especially for newer drinkers like you would steer them away from imperial anything, yes no right? you don't, would not don't do that you would yeah. not put them like stouts in general like yeah even like the you you mentioned left hand like left hand brewing company has a milk stout yep that was one of the first stouts that i drank that like now that i've drank others it's like actually not one of my favorites anymore like it doesn't really it didn't really hold up but it made a really good like introduction like this is a milk stout it yeah it's like lactose <laughs> added just sugar <laughs> added it's very sweet and easy to milkshake and yes. easy to drink you yeah know? and so stouts like they can they can kind of fill that spot i would even say like my it's like my mom does not like beer in general. Okay. Um, but if someone is ha- like, if I'm either my or my dad are having stout, not an imperial, <laughs> um, but especially if it's like a milk stout or something, she will generally want to try it. Oh, cool. She, she's yeah. found that like those, she's like, I, I like the, I like having a taste of them. She like generally yeah. doesn't want one, you know, like not a whole one a by nice herself. Taste. That's yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. Like not have a taste or like maybe split one with, with one of us or something like that. That's really cool. All right. So as we are, as we're finishing the the tasting i'm going to go ahead and continue on with a little bit more of the history of beer so we left off um last one we talked was about the ninth century when they discovered that if you put hops in there they taste a lot better Uh um so kind of like hopping (laughs) 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 anyways um (laughs) so by about the 14th or 15th century in europe we uh we transitioned from making beer as like a family oriented activity as the sustenance that it would provide uh-huh. into a more like an artisanal one. Um, so you see this for like they're brewing for mass productions and a lot in like mo- monasteries. Okay. And so you, you've, you kind of always, I, well, I've always heard that like, you know, the monks and their beer and they brew the beer and there's like right. heaven and nails, a board game, right. Where it's, right. You, know, <laughs> you know, the monastery brewing the beer. Right. Um, I, was, I was about to say that, like, even in like, um, in artwork or in like artwork in games, you know, yes. it feels like if someone is, if something is brewery themed, yep. I mean, it's going to look like a fryer. They actually, they, they, when they would fast for, or they would go through fasting periods at some points where the only thing that they were allowed to consume was beer. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> like, uh, Hey Nelson, I have a great idea for a fast for us. <laughs> yeah. Let's do an episode. <laughs> and they were still getting kind of the sustenance, the carbohydrates that they needed to function, but mm. I guess they were getting drunk really quickly, mm. but who knows? We, we talked about it earlier in the episode. 1516 was the adoption of the purity law in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to try and say it in the native German. And then since then it's kind of grown into a global industry, right? Mm. So it's brewed in many, many countries around the world. There, microbreweries are really big around us where you'll, you'll see kind of like, you know, 
not mass produced, but maybe you you have to go there to try their beer, right? You're not right. going to find it in a store. And so it's become more of like a hobby almost for a lot of people. Yeah. The global industry today, how many liters of beer do you think are consumed or are uh, produced each year? Produced each year. Man, I don't even know how to. <laughs> Well, let's see. I know that America alone <laughs> has a pr- has a. I do at least twelve. I do at least twelve. Well, what I was gonna <laughs> say, that's true. But what I was gonna say is that I I know that they net a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Let's go with like, I don't know, sticking with round numbers. I guess like one one trillion liters. I don't know if that's a big enough number or too big of a number, but I'm just gonna go with one trillion liters. You're close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it is 2 billion hectoliters, which is about 200, uh, million, 200 billion liters. Okay. Which is... Unit conversions. Unit conversions, <laughs> which is a lot. It's, it's roughly a lot of gallons. A lot of gallons, <laughs> yeah. But, but it I, is twice as much as the you know, profit <laughs> of the United States yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I, I didn't know how to think about this because also like a billion is just a stupid large number right yeah, yeah. and so when you're when you're yeah. looking at that um uh, to put it into perspective I, I did some fun calculations to try and figure out how i could you know relate it to something i could wrap my mind around and yeah. i still can't but it's <laughs> enough to fill eighty thousand olympic swimming pools okay <laughs> olympic swimming pool is very large and eighty thousand is a very large number and that's yes. kind of where that's I got two to. large things <laughs> it's two large things i was trying to like relate it to like you know the volume of a planet and it's like not even close. Like planets are huge. Planets are big. <laughs> planets Maybe are like big. lakes. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's like some lakes or something. I did. I tried to, to do um, like Lake Erie. Uh-huh. It it would take three that's years. A big fucking lake. It would take three years to fill Lake Erie. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's actually very helpful for me. <laughs> yeah. Three years. I thought it was gonna be way more than that. I thought yeah. it was gonna be like you know, it's gonna take like three hundred years. Or yeah. Something no. To fill Lake Erie. No. It's uh, I, it, I think it was like two point eight seven, which is hilarious that you brought this up because I thought about this last night. I was like, I don't know how like. For some reason, Olympic-sized swimming pool, 80,000, seemed more than, like, three years to fill a lake. I was like, I don't know. I've never seen Lake Erie, so maybe that's it. Yeah. But I assume it's, like, an ocean. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, it is in the sense that, like, when you stand on the edge of it, it has waves. Oh, know? yeah. And you're like, lakes don't have waves. But, yes, this lake does. <laughs> this, this, big lakes do. <laughs> big lakes do. Oh, man. But that's a lot of beer. Um, that's a lot of beer. We do our parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We did eight this episode. Yeah. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but oh man. How many fantasy and some flights episodes does it take to fill Lake Erie? <laughs> Several. Twelve. <laughs> so that is kind of the end of what I had prepared for the episode. What questions or anything that you wanted to know that I didn't hit on that that we want to dive in as you're finishing up your stout? Sure. Let's um what's can we talk about just like those like specialty or offshoot brands of beer. Like you mentioned sour beers earlier. Um, can you just like tell us a little bit more me as a, as a listener and also the other listeners, like, I guess watchers. what kind of, yeah, the viewers, watchers, sorry, <laughs> the viewers, <laughs> the viewers, um, just, I don't know what, how that, what to expect from them. Cause I, I, you, I feel it's like now every time you go to a, like a craft beer bar, like they're going to have a couple of sours on there. Right. Like what, what sets them apart? How are they, how are they kind of different from what I'm used to tasting? So a sour beer is actually the oldest type of beer. So, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Sours are probably going to be like very tart tasting. Like it's almost like if you take like a Pilsner and dropped a Warhead in there or something like that. <laughs> like that. That's how I would describe the taste of sours. You're going to probably love them or hate them. 
right? I, I don't think that there's really that much in between yeah. there. Yeah. But basically, sours are made with wild bacteria and yeast. So instead of like specific yeast strains, they're made with a certain type of bacteria that gives the distinctive sour taste. And then the yeast adds the funky, earthy quality to it. Okay. And so it's kind of a combination of this. Today's sours are basically made with two types of bacteria and then one type of wild yeast. Okay. And so that, that's the difference is it's it's brewed a little bit differently and it adds bacteria and yeast into it at the same time, which gives it like that tart flavor. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, are they still like hopped? And the only reason I ask that is because a lot of times when I see a sour listed, it will list it as like zero IBU. Yeah. No, they, they don't. They have little to no, little or no hops whatsoever. Okay. Typically... Um, the hops are there to give you the flower, the flavor, whereas the bacteria is giving you the flavor at this point. So when you're drinking a sour, you're wanting the bacteria to give you that kick and you don't want to necessarily get rid or you don't want to like mitigate that taste by adding in hops. Gotcha. So I, maybe that I, I, I am not a brew master. I, I, <laughs> you know, I've tried two Mr. Beer kits and they didn't go great, um, <laughs> but like there may be some area to play there, but I think that it's more kind of in, in the realm of I'm drinking a sour. So I want it to exemplify the sour taste and not necessarily quote unquote like water it down with 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 like the hop flavor gotcha all right so we're kind of towards the end of the episode so i wanted to kind of ask you and get your feel you were saying earlier that you really were enjoying the pilsner uh that 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 was kind of your top when we had only had like three or four but like okay let's remove the old Rasputin. Let's ignore <laughs> that because that that that's elevated already. You're right. But what what were your kind of favorites, or which ones would you not strike, or which ones would you not seek out in the future, or, or kind of what are your thoughts there? I think the Pilsner is wins the award for most improved. Right for basically for most improved for like most surprising yeah, maybe yeah, is yeah, yeah. Way. like it for most exceeding my expectations. Yes, there you there go. There it is. <laughs> the Karakin Pils. Wins the award for most exceeding my expectations. There you go. Um, I really did like it uh, much, much, much more than, and, and even like all jokes aside, yeah, I think it was probably, we, we tasted eight, but I think it's probably in the top three of the of the oh, ones good. that I tasted good. tonight. I, I really did enjoy it very much. I think overall, like just probably, uh, it's kind of a cop out, I say, I guess to say like critically is the best beer um, because it literally is critically the best beer. <laughs> Um, but dogfish had like 90. I, I can taste it and be, and recognize like, okay, I, this is maybe not my type of beer, but like, this is a very well put together. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, this is like for someone like me who doesn't like, you can respect it. IPAs. Yeah. I can respect it. And to still, even by the end of my tasting, like kind of be enjoying it. It's like, wow, that was a real accomplishment. Yeah. This (laughs) this is probably a really special beer. Yeah. Good. Um, so I, I would definitely like recommend picking that up, even if you're like a little nervous about IPAs. If you can find it in a pick six and pick up like a single bottle, I think it's definitely worth like yeah. sitting down one day and just like having the single like it's only gonna be your only beer of the night or something, <laughs> you know. But just give it a try. Yeah. Or maybe split it with a friend or something. Yeah, that's about good. it. And just yeah, see if you good. like it. I think like on the lower end, like the Sierra Nevada like pale ale, it, it's like meeting an expectation. It's doing exactly what it wants to do, <laughs> and what it wants to do is just like not my thing. Yes, you know. So yeah. like it meets exact. It meets its flavor profile. It's an accomplishment. It's just like maybe not exactly like my thing. Right. I think the, um, and then yeah, like you said, I, I don't know. I love the old Rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so long winded answer, but I think overall the the two that really like stood out as as impressing me where I didn't expect them were the, the pills and the 90 minutes specifically because I thought I would hate the 90 minutes and, and I didn't hate it. I thought it was oh, good. Good, good, good. good. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. So, awesome. and then the ones I enjoyed like the most, 
I guess um, we didn't talk too much about the Alaskan Amber again, but like that was just like a very nice beer yeah. to drink. Okay, so I, I did enjoy that one quite a bit. And then Rasputin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go. You have to go with the favorite for sure. So I, I'm glad to hear that. I, I'm like really satisfied to hear that you. I don't know if enjoyed was the right word. Respected the 90 minute. I respected the 90 minute. Yes. I <laughs> so, respected so that, it. That makes me happy. I, I, and I would say I enjoyed my tasting and, and that I enjoyed the experience. Yeah. You know? Okay. Excellent. So I, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that. So I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Yeah. So this was a really fun episode. I had a lot of fun putting it together. It's Good, fun I'm tasting glad. like the entire flight of beer for from sure. like, you know, light to dark. Yeah. I liked that I had to do no prep. Yeah. So I really appreciate how much work you put into this for, for myself and for the watchers and yes. the viewers. You know. <laughs> the, the watchers, the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> Smash that like button. Subscribe. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk to us more, you can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, we have a Discord now. We have an entire channel dedicated to booze. So we do. That's yeah. kind of fun. So let's let's get some discussion going in there. What is your favorite type of beer? What do you like? Do you hate IPAs like Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you, like, are you wrong as well? I don't know. <laughs> like, I want I want to know. Um, it, it was great talking and doing this with you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna no, miss doing is. these in person. I know, but we'll do another one at, here soon. For <laughs> sure, for sure, we will. Yep. So. Uh, do we have bottles to cheers with? I, uh, we might be able to scrounge <laughs> some together. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs>